0: The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Good Tuesday to you all, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another day edition show, whatever the hell you want to call it, a fantasy NBA Today. A hoop ball presentation. I am your host, Dan Bespris. This is... I haven't done weirdo openings in a little bit. Maybe I'll we'll get back into that later this week. Or maybe I'll save weirdo openings for the off-season when there isn't stuff immediately in front of our faces for us to talk about. We got a fun Monday to recap, although I'll be honest with all of you guys. The, the Monday recap is really just sort of solidifying the handful of streamers we were already watching... And may have even knocked a few off of our board. Although perhaps news had more to do with that than anything else. You can follow me on Twitter. I would strongly suggest that you do. And I thank you in advance for doing so. At Dan Bespris. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I want to tell you guys about two things. One of them is a promotion where you guys can win some money. And the other is a thing where I'd like you guys to spend a little bit of money. So we, he shuffles the cards in his hand, he opens the deck, you pick a card, and boom, you got promotion as the first thing we're talking about on today's show before we get into the Monday Night Recap. Current promotion running here at Ball is specific to Fantasy NBA Today. To all of you listeners out there, please do continue to rate and review the podcast. And if you write something nice on your review and tweet it at me, at Dan Basper, screenshot the tweet or email it to teamhoopball at hoop com. I have a cash prize. But I gotta get enough entrance to make it count. It's not gonna happen with just five or six of you guys. I need I need the whole kitten caboodle. So fire up those phones, fire up those iTuneses. and if you've already done it, grab someone's phone that you know, subscribe to the podcast, and review it on that. I have no, I, I've no I've no qualms about what iTunes account you use to review it. As long as you screenshot it to me on Twitter or send it by email, you will get yourself entered in the contest. So that is rate and review contest with a cash prize here on Fantasy NBA Today. And the other thing is, look, some of you guys are going to win this money. Some of you won't. But we got to move some units here at Ball right now. And the best way to do that is for me to send you to hoop-ball.com to check out our premium products, which are still as good as ever. The Fantasy Pass which has tweet storms, live chats. Really, you know, look. It comes down to the Discord at this point. I was afraid of Discord just like the rest of you just a few months ago. It sounded futuristic and terrifying. I don't want things to be in a state of Discord. I want things to be calm, collected, cinched together nicely. No entropy needed. But then I looked into it, and it's just a chat room. It's a chat room, and you can make tons of hundreds, if you want, of different channels where everybody can hang out. And so that, to me, is the number one reason, not only to get a HoopBall premium membership, but the way that you maximize it is by getting in there and interacting with the HoopBall analysts in whatever premium subscription you've gotten yourself into. So whether it's the wager pass for $9.99 a month, which is getting you nine handicappers picks all in one spot for 33 cents a day, basically. We have a sport, we have a channel for every sport that's just humming along every day. We're talking NBA, NFL, when that was going, college football, college basketball, NHL, baseball, MMA, soccer, golf. All of these channels are rumbling every day with analysts and subscribers bouncing ideas off of one another and finding ways to make money in sports betting. All of the pros also post their plays in the Discord, so it's an opportunity to see them perhaps quicker than if you were checking the official wager pass thread. And it's the same story on the Fantasy Pass side as well. You've got uh, sit-start trades, ad-drop stuff, Dynasty Leagues, right? My team's streaming. The Tweet Storms you guys have known and loved for so long, where myself and Adam King, our good buddy here of the program and uh, HoopBall's assistant editor, we put together a recap of every night as they are ending basically the key fantasy moves you ought to be looking at as the ball games are over. It's the fastest way to get a quick hitter recap on what happened that night. It's how you can stay on top of everything. Fantasy pass is $4.99 a month. The wager pass is $9.99 a month. You can jam them together for $12.99 a month. DFS pass is actually just a buck ninety nine a month. So please do check those out at hoop-ball.com. We need to move a few of those units, guys. We got to keep growing here at HoopBall. And the way we do that is by selling stuff. Every once in a blue moon. Let's talk about the Monday recap. Apologies for the long intro today. We have things to do here at HoopBall. Indiana blitzed by the shorthanded 76ers. We heard before the ballgame that Joel Embiid was, quote, very questionable and ended up playing and playing well. So Doc Rivers just playing a little game of cat and mouse with the Pacers, who have been playing very poorly of late and lost another Wing as Duck McDermott got a tooth busted in this ballgame. He had to leave midway through the third quarter. And so, a team where I think going into the season, you would have said, Oh, the wing depth in Indiana is terrific. They've got Justin Holiday. They had Victor Oladipo at that point, TJ Warren, Doug McDermott, Jeremy Lamb was coming off of injury, so he wasn't back yet, but they had him. And all of a sudden, they've got Edmund Sumner playing 28 minutes. And by, that just tickles the crap out of me because I was looking at my 30 deep team earlier today. And if you've, ever, if you've never played in a 30 deep roster, you generally don't have more than about, this is a start eight. You generally don't have more than about nine guys you can throw into a lineup and think, well, this makes sense. And I needed, I needed another guy because D'Angelo Russell's hurt, and Hamadou Diallo was dealing with a groin thing. So I wanted to get those guys out of the lineup, because zeros will kill you. And I was looking at the waiver wire, and I thought, hmm, Edmund Sumner's got a three-game week, but when was the last time he actually played more than about 11 minutes in a ball game? And then, whammo, Doug McDermott, shot to the mouth, and Sumner. And I missed it. Missed my chance. Of course, I actually started McDermott. Like a real dill. My team stinks, man. My team is is not good. Victor Oladipo has missed a bunch of time. Paul George has missed a bunch of time. D'Angelo Russell basically hasn't played. And the shame of it, too, is that I have a relatively deep... Like, I had eight or nine pretty damn good dudes. I, Hamadou Diallo, I picked him up in, in like, around pick 300. McDermott, same thing. These were productive guys I got around pick 300. If you can do that in 30 deep, you I have a pretty good team. I got Willie Hernan Gomez off the waiver wire. But I just can't field a healthy damn roster. Anyway, uh, no, you're not streaming Edmund Sumner, is the short answer, unless you're in a 30-deep situation. Same story for Aaron Holiday. You just kind of have to hope that the Pacers have some healthy wing in their next ballgame before the All-Star break, or they just wear one or two. They have two more games here before the break. And uh, probably lose, because they're kind of beat up. Damanis Sabonis seems tired. Miles Turner seems tired. Pacers as a team just seem tired. Looking at their box scores makes me feel tired, and talking about them makes you guys feel tired. Over on the 76ers side, Shake Milton 30 minutes off the bench, and he's... I don't think I can call him a safe stream with Tobias Harris out, because he hasn't started either of the two games. Furkan Korkmaz started the last one, and Mike Scott started this one for a Tobias. And so we don't really know what's going to happen in Philly's next ball game. But you can always bet that Milton's going to have the first crack at usage coming off the bench. That's not enough for me. It's not enough for me because if the starters playing well and if Seth Curry and Danny Green are playing well, then Shake doesn't see the floor. So no, I'm not going to risk it. Definitely not risking it with Mike Scott. Let's move along. Dallas beat Orlando in a high-scoring affair. This is a fun one because you got a bunch of fantasy lines. Maxi Kleba had eight cash counters. That's an Aaron Bruschi classic for three-pointers, steals, and blocks, the, the sort of low-counting stats. And for Kleba, he continues to be a just off the borderline nine category guy. He has a fantasy game that translates really well. He just doesn't really do anything when he's on the floor. His usage is always super low, and here he had to hit four out of his six shots to get there. The guy we've been tracking lately, and the one that we talked about on yesterday's podcast, was Jalen Brunson. We've been talking about him on almost every show in the last four shows in a row uh, or more, and he's still rolling. He's become this master of efficiency. And I keep thinking the wheels are about to come off, and they never do. 24 points on 13 shots. He was great again. Hit three from downtown, six boards, three assists. He even got himself a steal in this ballgame. He is a guy that needs to be started right now. It seems like madness because he's shooting 53% for the season, and over the last month, he's, he's at 53%. And over the last couple of weeks, he's at 57%. But look, in the last two weeks, he's inside the top 85. That's a must-start guy when someone's performing like that for multiple weeks in a row. And he hasn't really shown any sign of slowing. You might even get a Luka rest game floating in there somewhere. Although he's been ramping up as opposed to the opposite way. He's kind of played his way into game shape. So start Jalen Brunson. He's pretty much killed off Tim Hardaway Jr. in the process turned him into a relatively obsolete player. So while Brunson's been trending up hard, Hardaway Jr. has been, I don't want to say slipping the other direction because he still gets out there and scores. You know, he had 29 points and seven threes in that game against Memphis. But the last four, Hardaway has been much more quiet. Only two steals in those four games, only five threes in those four games. He has a few extra assists to his name. But I'm I, I am no longer even remotely interested in whatever it is that that Hardaway is offering up right now. Uh and he had a, a poor ball game here. His last four in a row have been kind of down. And that's not to say that you necessarily need to drop him, but Brunson's emergence, Josh Richardson already wasn't really in the discussion for twelve teamers, and now you're pushing Hardaway towards the edge. And it's possible that Brunson really is the third Maverick. Third fantasy value Maverick. Orlando side, we finally got a decent game out of Michael Carter-Williams, but it's not enough for me to take the plunge there. This is the type of line you think of with Michael Carter-Williams rebounds, assists. He got a steal. I'd like to see more than one. So just continue to keep an eye on it. Otherwise, it's the usual suspects here. Vooch, T. Ross, and Evan Fournier. Super not interesting. Utah, New Orleans, Pelicans, big win. They win their marquee games, man. I give them credit. They play hard when everybody's watching. Boyan Bogdanovich, big one for Boyan. 31 points, 7 7 rebounds, 3 steals. This might have been his best ballgame of the year. He's still outside the top 175 on the season, which is really surprising. I mean, he's never been a great field goal percent guy. We thought that might be something that would come around for him, but... You know, I don't don't know that he's been fully healthy at any point this season. Maybe he's now finally getting there. He is inside the top 90 over the last month. So, you know, kind of signs of life sort of thing. And this is a good one, of course. Royce O'Neal, just another serviceable game for the most under-rostered, useful fantasy player in 9-cat history. (laughs) It's like... This is one of those guys where there's nothing interesting at all about him. He's right at the edge of the top 100, and he just never deviates from that. Low turnover guy, yes, that's true. New Orleans side, Josh Hart had a better ball game, but he's been pretty quiet the last two or three. Before that, I you know, I mentioned on this show, I thought you could probably roll with Hart and just accept the fact that he's going to be like a top 115 guy. I don't know. That's kind of boring. Even for someone like me who likes fantasy boring, he's not good enough on a game-to-game basis to use in a roto games cap format. I want, I want to target guys inside the top 100 there. And if you have a guy that, like Hart, in a games cap format, who's not consistently inside the top 100, I'd rather stream someone who has some upside. Unlimited games, yeah, you could trot hard out there that, that wouldn't really hurt you, and you know he's been for the most part healthy this year he's number ninety three by totals on the season because he's been able to rack up stuff, and that's actually good for head to head because you want by in head to head you want totals you want your guys that are actually playing and not missing ball games. Eric bledsoe has been a little bit better lately, eleven five, and five with two steals in this ball game it's still a far cry from where he needs to be he's number one ninety on the season right now which i mean that's not even close 200 over the last month i think he's he's climbed a little bit in the last week or two right since that game that game in milwaukee wake him up a little he's 125 over the last two weeks so it's getting there it's getting there but it's not all the way another largely uninteresting fantasy game though don't give you this Monday recap, best of our ability. Denver beat Chicago 118-112. This was another relatively uninteresting fantasy game, at least from the what can we do with the info it provides to us. Nuggets lost Facundo Campazzo to the health and safety contact tracing bucket. I guess he must have had some kind of interaction with, uh, was that RJ Hampton? Am I getting that right? Is it Hampton or Samson? It's RJ Hampton. He's in the protocols, and then I guess compazzo must have had some sort of exposure to it. So he's out. That was our streaming man of interest, person of interest on the streamer. Monte Morris was the other one, but he's sort of too boring. At least with compazzo you're getting steals. Morris, you just need assist-to-turnover ratio. If that's a category in your league, then great. Otherwise, he's not, not all that fun. Will Barton's being forced to play giant minutes. That's probably going to break the poor dude. But for Denver, it was really the big three. Jokic, Murray... And then Michael Porter Jr., who's been playing better lately, maybe starting to get his legs back after... We've seen this with some guys where it takes him some time. And I I think we can assume Michael Porter Jr. had COVID because he missed a bunch of time. On the bull side, I hope you guys still have the Thaditude, because I do. 29 minutes. Eh, 28 and a half. 12 points, 5 boards, 4 assists, and 5 steals on 6 out of 9 shooting. Do love me some Thad. Kobe White had a power forward line out of the point guard spot, 20 and 10 rebounds. Zach Levine was relatively quiet in this game, actually, 23, 9, and 5. Maybe starting to run out of gas getting into the all-star break. He's been great, and he's an all-star. And then not surprisingly, Wendell Carter Jr. got mauled by Jokic. So if there was ever a game where you could sort of get cute and not use Wendell Carter Jr., this would be the one. I did bench him in the one league where I had picked him up as a stash, And I saved myself some strife there. So that was useful. But again, no real changes in assessment here. And I mean, maybe someone says Wendell Carter Jr. is not rosterable. But also, look at the competition tonight. Not tonight. Last night. Brooklyn beat San Antonio in overtime. All right, there's a little bit here to dissect. San Antonio is down a number of players. So you have... Whatever it is, one more game, I think, before the All-Star break on these guys. Are they a one or a two the rest of the way? Let's triple check ourselves. They've still got two more. Okay, so, you know, maybe that's worth exploring. They have one tonight. Spurs have the back-to-back here, and maybe someone like a Trey Lyles could be of interest to you. Or I don't really like the Lonnie Walker stream. I know he had a big ball game and really had the best game of anybody on the Spurs on this one on Monday night with 19 points, five threes, four boards, four assists, a steal, two blocks. But we've talked about Lonnie Walker before when he was filling in for Derek White the first time that White was out, and he couldn't get over the hump because his game was so predicated on the three ball. It's unusual for Walker to get these defensive stats, the rebounds, the assists, the stuff that made this particular line so alluring, DeJounte Murray, he's going to do a lot of stuff. Also of note in this game. By the way, if you're going to stream Spurs for tonight, yeah, I think I'd probably go Trey Lyles would be the one I might give a look to. LaMarcus Aldridge played only 15 minutes and was thoroughly disengaged in this ballgame. He's just, he's lost it. He has no game left. It's the darndest thing. He actually looked pretty good in their last one coming off the bench, and he just had nothing in the tank in this ballgame. His body is not responding this year. Is it the short offseason, the weird layoff, all that I, I don't know. Has he just sort of gotten old and bad? All we do know here is that if you picked up Jakob Pertl for streaming purposes, you may have landed a streamer with benefits because it did look like he's given up his center job. Would you drop LaMarcus Aldridge? I'm sure someone's going to ask me that. and The answer is I actually might. And I I reckon it would end up burning me, too, because we know how fast Aldridge can climb. But over the last month, first of all, he's only played three games over the last two weeks. Uh, Over the last month, Aldridge is number 156. He's only played four games in the last month. And on the season, he's not that far off from there. He's number 139. So he's really been bad. And I don't know that there's a clear path up and out of this. Because he's not rebounding. He's not playing that much anymore. His field goal percent is trending down. Boards down. Blocks down. The only thing that's sticking is free throw percent. But he's not getting to the line anymore. There's just no attack left in the dude. Yeah, I think you could probably drop DeMarcus Aldridge. So there's your hot take of the show. On the net side, James Harden was great. No surprise there. Kyrie Irving was good. No surprise there either. DeAndre Jordan continues to be a nice fill-in with no Jeff Green and no Kevin Durant. Bruce Brown is my favorite streamer of the bunch. He's figured out a way to just be the perfect complementary player. 23 points on 13 shots here. He had some steals. He even hit a couple three-pointers in this one. I, you know, Bruce Brown is a guy I would go hunt down to stream in their one remaining game before the All-Star break. That's tomorrow on Wednesday. Uh, that's that's how... Like, I would drop someone... I would drop a lot of guys to stream Bruce Brown for one game. He's been that good lately. He's number 210 on the year, so don't get me wrong here. But he's been uh, inside the top 90 over the last two weeks. And over the last three games, last four games now, if you include this most recent one, which you should... He's actually been a top 30 fantasy player over that stretch. He's just been terrific, shooting like 70% from the field. He's made almost all of his free throws. He's been wonderful over that stretch. So, I yeah, he's a guy I'm going way out of my way to pick up and stream for one game. Because on the other side of the All-Star break, Jeff Green is back, and that probably begins to marginalize Bruce Brown. And then when KD comes back, then he's fully marginalized. He's still going to play, but... You know, he needs a little bit of usage, which he can get when it's Harden, Irving, Joe Harris, and then Brown is sort of a fourth. He was actually kind of the third option in this ballgame, but you can you can call him the fourth option. When he gets pushed down to fifth or sixth option on a team, it's really hard. He's gonna rebound a bit. He rebounds pretty well from the guard wing slot, but you know, he's not gonna get many assists. He's not usually gonna hit that many threes. So you need him to get in there and get 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 shots because he's gonna make most of them right now because he's wide open all the time. Love that streamer. That's a big one. Nick Claxton is another guy that I think folks are gonna be talking about after this ballgame and after his last ballgame. He he's actually put up a couple good ones in a row. The problem, of course, there is the minutes. And it was his good games here. It was a 15-minute game there went over Orlando where he got garbage time minutes. And he saw some extra playing time in this one because, you know, DeAndre Jordan just, he's not going to play 40 minutes in a ball game. And Jeff Green is out and KD is out. So yeah, there's a lot to like with Claxton, make no mistake, but you got to look at the games around the ones where he looked pretty good. Now in the 15 minutes against Orlando last week, he had 10 points, four steals, two blocks, only three rebounds. Apparently he's not rebounding very much. And in this one, he had seventeen and three with a steal and three blocks. So you know the the steals, the blocks are nice. The field goal percent is going to be pretty robust at all times. Racks up the defen- defensive stats like Robert Williams or Nerlens Noel, but doesn't rebound like those guys, and is buried even deeper on the depth chart than well, way deeper than Noel, who's starting right now, and even deeper than Robert Williams who's pretty much guaranteed about 14, 15 minutes of ballgame. With Claxton, that's where he's at right now, but it took half the team, half the front court being hurt for him to get to that point. So, no, I'm not rolling the dice on that. You know, I I guess you could trot him out there tomorrow in their last game before the break and just hope that everything pans out in 15 or 16 minutes, but I'm, I'm not going to take that risk. Cavaliers beat the Rockets for the second time in a week. John Wall said, I am playing in a back-to-back. And he was great, but his teammates were awful. Truly horrible. But I have have thoughts on this game. First of all, Cleveland's playing well right now. Colin Sexton has been told he absolutely positively must shoot three-pointers to space the floor a little bit, to buy himself a little bit of breathing room on his drives, and it's been super useful, because he's a lot better lately. Darius Garland was solid. Jared Allen was solid. Uh, They're getting just enough offense right now. Now, these games against Houston, that's nice they've been able to kind of pick on a bad team but they did beat Philly in between no changes on the Cleveland side just stash uh, Larry Nance I guess you could stash Kevin Love too if you wanted to although I'd uh I'd far prefer Nance out of those two on the Houston side they went to a slightly more traditional lineup instead of PJ Tucker at center they ran Justin Patton for 31 and a half minutes at center and he delivered six points six boards three steals and two blocks and you're like Dan. That's like the line that Nick Claxton just had, and you said don't buy into that. Well, with Patton, 32 minutes is a big deal. Of course, you're looking at a team that should have Christian Wood back after the All-Star break, so this is another one-game potential stream. But you are seeing Patton's minutes trending in the right direction. He had 21 against Chicago on the 22nd of February, then he went down to 12, and then 10, And against Memphis, they had to go big, so he played 26 minutes and had a nice ball game. And then here against Cleveland, they went big again, and he had a nice ball game. They've got Brooklyn, the James Harden return game. That's tomorrow. That'll be an emotional one for everybody besides Justin Patton. (laughs) Um, Brooklyn's going to spread you out, although they're playing a ton of DeAndre Jordan right now, so you might see Houston go to Patton again for 25 to 30 minutes. And if they do... He would be worth a stream. Uh, less trustworthy, though, than some of the other names I've, I've flipped out there. Also of note on the Houston side, with as poorly as they've played, I've got to believe that P.J. Tucker is getting moved. I, like, I can't believe that he would last through the all-star, or the, uh, the trade deadline, excuse me. So with that in mind, you look at some of these names. First, Jay Sean Tate, who we've talked about plenty on this pod, had another bad ball game, and you're going to start to see him pop up on waiver wires. And when he does, snap him up. Because somebody scooped him, you know, in a really smart move. Teams that got him and then probably ran out of patience. In fact, I've seen him dumped back onto the waiver wire in two of my fairly competitive leagues. And first of all, he's still getting the minutes, even with the team mostly healthier. I know Christian Wood, but you know Wood would just take the Justin Patton minutes, even with the team mostly healthy. He still gets the first crack at those what I'll call upper wing minutes, so the small forward, power forward range. And if Tucker gets moved, then everything opens wide up. And then you start to look at guys like Daniel House, David Nwaba, even Sterling Brown, who's the best shooter of that bunch. For now, though, I think the one thing you probably do is you put Jayshon Tate on your bench. Or if you're an unlimited, you just try him out there and kind of hope for the best. Victor Oladipo played, limped, Played some more. He was not good. I know he had an okay fantasy line, but he was really bad in this ballgame. 20 points on 21 shots. Six turnovers as well. Wildly inefficient game from Victor Oladipo. No, I'm not adding Sterling Brown just by playing 31 minutes. Uh, Daniel House got hurt, so that contributed to the big Sterling Brown game. It's, it's Jay Sean Tate. That's still the guy that you want to squat on for at least the next little bit. I mean, get yourself through the trade deadline here. Let them let them clear out some room for the kid. And then Charlotte in Portland on the back-to-back after their wild one in Sacramento last night. Not surprisingly, Hornets kind of ran out of gas late in the third quarter. Blazers opened up a big lead with a run late third, early fourth. Carmelo Anthony and LaMelo Ball. Anyone named Mello had themselves a good ball game in this one. Terry Rozier was good. Uh, PJ Washington followed up his career night with a serious stinker, and the uh, you know the Hornets were without Gordon Hayward, they're without Devonte Graham, so they're kind of, and Cody Zeller, so they're kind of cut down to their prime right now. No real adjustments on that side with Portland. Mello, yeah, I mean you know this is a this is a crazy ball game. Six threes, five steals, and two blocks. He he'll, he won't replicate that again probably the rest of his career. So. If you had been streaming him, congratulations, I hadn't been because he hadn't been that great lately, generally more of a points league type of guy. Nice to see Rob Covington bounce back with a very large performance here he had he had a couple of slower ball games over the last two ish I think this one pushes him back up to number sixty three on the season and total so that's nice. Dame was solid, Gary Trent continues to stream along, and his canter's fine. So another game where nothing really changed. And I feel like if I'm gonna do sort of a zip through here on everything that we covered today, is a lot of ball games where streamers continued to stream and other guys kind of disappeared. I think Jay Sean Tate is a name that you might see popping up on more wires and someone you should be scooping up. That's something to really laser focus your eyes on. Get yourself a quick little Bruce Brown stream. And Jalen Brunson continues to be great. And that's sort of the three big pieces to come out of Monday night. Well, you want me to tell you this is what you get going into the All Star break. Mostly the same. I'm excited, by the way. Later on this week, we'll get into some All Star game props for the uh, various competitions, which I still can't believe all of this is happening, but it is. So, you know, whatever, we'll watch it. We'll see if we can make a couple of bucks on it. Let's flip the page over. I'll remind you guys again to please do check out hoop ball.com. Get yourself a wager pass for nine 99 a month or the fantasy pass for four 99 a month and get the hell in our discord or the hoop ball 360, roll them all together for 12 99 a month. Uh, Dan, tell them Dan sent you. And they'll be like, cool. Still the same price hoop the premium tab is where you can check out all that stuff. Uh, and again, rate and review the pod. Leave a message, tweet it at me, get yourself in this contest for a cash prize. I do want to tell you about a sponsor at the end of the show, but we'll do that in a moment. First, a look ahead to a relatively busy Tuesday. Six games and some fun ones. Grizzlies, the inconsistent Grizz, are uh, basically in a game with no substantial betting line against Washington. I think it's Memphis by a point, point and a half right now. Wizards are playing well. Grizzlies, if you know what Grizzlies team you're getting on a given night, congratulations, because I cannot figure that team out to save my life. I'm hoping DeAnthony Melton is back in the mix. He's played well his last two ball games, and his minutes have trended back into the 20s. For the Wizards, I'm hoping Davis Bertans has his legs under him again. He's started to look a little bit better here lately, a little more confident. Those jumpers are making it over the front rim all of a sudden. I guess you could keep one eye on Justice Winslow on that Memphis side. There's just, it's like not enough minutes with the Grizz. They, they're splitting it up too damn evenly. Clippers, Celtics. Ooh, that should be a fun one. More so for just the I want to watch a basketball game than the I want to bet on it. The. You saw that game, that game briefly had a line, and then it disappeared again. Pistons-Raptors, by the way, got postponed. Raptors games are all postponed heading into the All-Star break, because we talked about it yesterday. Um, the possible COVID outbreak, I think, is just one case right now, but a lot of folks got exposed. So there's actually a chance that that could carry through to the other side of the All-Star break. Let's hope that that does not happen for the Tampa-Toronto Raptors. Clippers-Celtics. Clippers side, they're, they're slowly turning back into a two-man gang. Hopefully Nick Batum and Serge Ibaka can keep their names on that list. It's not a guarantee. Celtics, the big men, that's always your story. You know, Do we see another nice Robert Williams game? Does Daniel Tice keep it going in this one? The Hawks are at the heat. Hawks fired their head coach. Meant to talk a little bit more on that uh, earlier in the podcast, but I forgot, so we'll just do it now. the uh, The Hawks fired Lloyd Lloyd Pierce on Monday afternoon, which was a little bit surprising, if only because he'd kind of become a face of the NBA's political movement. And I'm not going to walk down that path because I don't I don't need you guys parsing my words on it. But he had been a pretty impressive leader. In the various voting missions. But on the other side of the coin, the Hawks have kind of been. I, I saw that it phrased this way on Twitter, so I'm going to steal it for the podcast. They've been a victim of expectations. It's not the first time anyone said that, I'm sure. The Hawks signed all of these weird pieces Bogdan Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari, Chris Dunn, Rajan Rondo. In front of the only one of those signings that made sense to me was Rondo. Get a veteran backup point guard that can run things for the 12, 13, 14 minutes that Trey Young has to sit on the bench. Rondo hasn't been healthy, which I don't hold that against him. He's not great in the regular season anyway, but I think he would have been kind of a half-decent fit, just kind of keep this team running, get him out in the open court. So that's probably hurt them. His being there sometimes. Bogdan Bogdanovich, superfluous. He was a repeat piece. When you throw him in there with DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter, we didn't need to give Bogdan a bunch of money. That's a a spot on the floor that was taken care of. Chris Dunn, I gave a contract to a guy that isn't going to play for most of a season. That was a strange move. Gallo, that one sort of made sense to me, although he doesn't have his legs underneath him and they're not finding good ways to use him. You know, he figured they'd need some scoring punch when Trey's not on the floor, but that doesn't really fit. So, one of the things that jumped out to me, and we've talked about it from the betting standpoint, is that any team that traps Trey Young completely takes the Hawks out of everything they're trying to do. And the Heat ran a lot of that stuff at Trey. Different looks on the defensive side, and the Hawks couldn't solve it. And yet, somehow, they only lost by 10. That game really should have been a blowout. We'll see if the Hawks get a coaching bounce here. I don't think they wanted to see Lloyd Pierce go. I think that team liked him. But it did seem as though he had kind of lost their attention as things have, I don't want to say spiraled, but they've been just sort of mediocre, quietly mediocre. We'll see if any rotations change as well. So the Hawks are definitely a team to watch on the card tonight. Heat, they've been pretty predictable these days. It's going to come down to who's actually playing for them. Nuggets in Milwaukee taking on the Bucks. This is a revenge game for Denver. Not much travel after beating the Bulls the previous night, but, boy, the Nuggets are are very shorthanded. The Bucks are playing really well right now. I don't, I don't really know what wins in this particular battle, but you know what you're getting out of the Nuggets, which is it's going to be a lot of Jokic, Murray, and Michael Porter Jr. right now, with no compazzo as an interesting stream. And with the Bucks. They're also pretty damn predictable. you probably get more Drew Holiday here, and that's trouble for Jamal Murray. So, yeah, not much there. Knicks at Spurs. Knicks have been also relatively predictable lately with no Alfred Payton. That means a lot of Derrick Rose. Nerlens Noel is ramping up, which is super fun to say because he was one of the most exciting, you know, leaping into a big role guys we've talked about in some time, and he's coming off... I would argue maybe his best game of the season, top 70 over the last two weeks, better than that over the last one week. The other timeshare stuff, though, yeah, I mean, it just sort of... I know Alec Burks has has played a little bit better with no Peyton around, but I'm not diving into that one either. Suns in L.A. to take on the Lakers. This should be a fun one. Uh, Lakers are favored by one and a half points. The money is uh, relatively split here coming in early. Suns have been very good, Lakers have been bouncing back. I might look at the under in a game like this, because these are two teams that have been really grinding it out. The Suns are going to want to force this thing into the half court, because they know LeBron can beat them on the fast break. Dennis Schroeder, very good defensively. Lakers as a team, principled defensively. Suns, kind of the same thing. I, like I, I, You're going to see a lot of half court sets in this game, and then it's going to come down to whether or not the shots are dropping. Fantasy-wise, been sort of semi-tracking Jay Crowder on the Suns. He might be a little bit too boring, but he also might just sort of hang around right on the edge there. And With the Lakers, it's still not really looking like anyone's going to move over the cut line in the absence of Anthony Davis, who they hope to have back. Maybe not right on the other side of the All-Star break, but Lakers are, I think, desperately hoping for him shortly thereafter. The thing to watch for here, heading into the All Star break, is if any teams kind of telegraph their post break plans. Do you see any young teams that start to pull the vets? Do you see any veteran teams that start to downplay some of the youth and look for other guys to bring in? It's not obvious, and and nothing might we might not see anything come of it. But that's sort of where you're focusing your attention. Because otherwise, you're just cycling streamers at this point. Which is fine, by the way, because it is the year of the stream. We've talked about that before. But if you're looking for rest of season stuff, Houston we talked about, that's a spot where you might see kind of a changing of the guard at some point. The The exercise that I would always do is to look at the NBA standing and kind of look at the bottom four in each conference and just say, okay, what could these teams change And who would that impact? Like, what if the Magic decide to blow things up a little bit? No big changes there. What about the Pistons? They've already kind of blown things up. What about the Cavaliers? Well, they've already benched Andre Drummond, so who the hell's left? And I'm moving Kevin Love. That's too much contract. What about the Western Conference? Houston's the team that I'm looking at. Maybe the Kings. Thunder, probably not going to be able to move. Horford, Hill's the guy they would try to move, but he's been out for a month and a half anyway already and then the wolves have already gone young so there just aren't that many teams to really focus on it's probably the rockets that's the team you're watching for someone to get moved to clear out runway for some younger guys last reminder of the show please do go to hoop-ball.com and check out one of our premium services and then let me get you guys linked up on discord If you get the wager pass, please make sure to open up a new account with our buddies over at mybookie.ag. Promo code is HoopBall. Make your first deposit. Hit me up on Twitter or by email, and I'll have a small prize for you there as well. So that, again, is mybookie.ag, promo code HoopBall. Twitter handle is at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, and the email address is teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. We'll go ahead and put a fork in this one at around the 40-minute mark, folks. It is in the books. Tomorrow, we'll wrap up the Tuesday slate, give you a little Wednesday preview, and start inching towards All-Star stuff. That'll get us. Uh, we'll probably do a little bit more of that on Thursday. There are games on Thursday night, so we do have plenty to preview there. Uh, Friday's show will be a week in review, and then we'll try to, I, I think, the reason I'm thinking the Thursday show makes sense is because stuff happens by Friday. But at the same time, I also kind of want to have the uh, all-star discussion up over the weekend. So I'll make a decision at some point this week, and you guys will hear about it when I do. For now, this was Fantasy NBA Today, a hootball presentation. I was, am, Dan Vesperus. Have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow.